0: Business Podcast. Proximity is power. Registration for our executive boardroom is still open. To learn more, click the link in the description of this episode. Hey, this is JP. I am the business mentor and the host here of the Game of Business podcast, and today I am joined by my friend, Jason Hull. Jason and I met, I don't know, about six or eight months ago, and I do consider him a friend. He's he's given me the good graces to let him speak at one of his events, and that was a huge gamble on his part. Um, but Jason has a, an interesting business. He's It's it's called DoorGrow. We started in 2008, and DoorGrow is a coaching and consulting business that's designed for, um, property management companies, right? And, um, but while the game of business, we, we talk about business here and the different areas of business, one of the areas that, uh, that supports our business or hinders our business is our family and our relationships. And Jason um, has had an interesting um, journey here over the last few years. He was in this business with his former spouse and that relationship ended, which we're gonna get into. Jason um, is is vulnerable, open, and uh, and ready to talk. And recently, he just married his best friend, and she's back in the business, and I got the opportunity of, of hosting both these folks at one of my executive boardrooms. And let me tell you, Jason, your wife is an absolute powerhouse, and I couldn't be more happy for you in that you have a partner in crime that it operates at her level, man. Thanks for joining the podcast today.
1: Yeah, glad to be here.
0: It's good to be here, JP. Thank you. So, I want to talk about this piece. We're going to I want to mm-hmm. talk about the the dark side first, right? Mm, the dark part. side of the X. So, you've got this business, it's growing, it's starting to become more successful. But then you have some issues at home. We don't need to get into all the issues at home, but um, sometimes the issues that we have at home are created by the business and that we as Sometimes. men don't show up inside of the family because we're focused on you know being the ATM for the family bringing home the money and we think we're doing a good job so we become disconnected. In your case it was the opposite way. You had this relationship that wasn't serving you and so I'm wondering you're in this relationship it's mm-hmm. it's not aligned and connected in so many ways there's a lot of issues going on. How did that affect your psychology and the way you were showing up inside of Door road during those those years, especially, let's just call it the last two or three years of your marriage.
1: Yeah, I think, um, yeah, things got really hard. Things got really hard. And we had been married, before the marriage ended, we had been together for like 15 years. So this wasn't like, you know, a short stint. And this was my second marriage. My first marriage was like four or five years, super young, no clue what I was doing. And um, second marriage was long. But it was, it was hard, like we, we worked really hard and we just were two very different personality types. Like if anybody knows Myers-Briggs, I'm like an ENTP and I'm like the debater personality type, they call it. I want to debate, that's how I formulate my ideas. I love to challenge things and kind of, and I'm totally okay to have my ideas like challenged but I like the fight, like challenge me, you know? And she's, she was an ISFJ, complete opposite. In
0: every attribute in Myers-Briggs and And unlike what they say opposites attract yeah opposites attract initially but once you're in the same room for life the opposites attract creates a nightmare situation I think from what I've gathered well the opposite in
1: Myers-Briggs is like your dark side it's your shadow so imagine being in a relationship constantly with the shadow but you're both completely opposite so me I want to debate I want to challenge ideas and she wants, you know, to be valued and have her ideas be okay. And so every time she would bring something up, I would then challenge the idea and she would feel like I was saying she was dumb, you know, these kind of things. And so there was just such a conflict of personality that, and then we had different love languages completely. She was like acts of service and gifts. Those are so foreign to me. I was like, what? Like I'm working. Is that it? Is that service? You know? So, and I'm physical touch and you know, and words of affirmation. And so I'm never getting that positive, you know, reinforcement that I'm, I'm craving and uh, verbally, and I'm not getting the physical affection. Marriage was sexless, right? Um, and, and a lot of it is, I just didn't know. I didn't know how to play the game of relationship. I didn't know how to um, step more into my masculinity in the relationship. And I didn't know how to make her feel safe. Now that personality type, they really, really, really want to feel safe. Like this is super important to them. And, but then I didn't feel safe in the relationship. And so there was, it was this constant like disconnect and it was, it was a lot of work. And I think because of all that pain and lack of connection in the relationship for both of us, it led to like a whole bunch of unhealthy behaviors for her. And she, like really destructive behaviors I feel like and she's a lot healthier now that she's with somebody else which I'm grateful to see like I'm glad to see and but, but I what did this feel feel for you it showed you... up for me that I wasn't supported in the relationship like it was like work more and she would go and spend more and it was like I was basically a wallet and a serve servant to her you know spending and you know whatever you know stuff she would use to escape reality right and we no guy can outspend or i mean outpace making money th- the amount of money their wife
0: could spend right yeah. like you, this, you and i are uh, sounded similar uh, you and i sound like we have a very similar uh last relationship right it was like uh, <laughs> yeah. you can't earn enough to keep up with the spending and when the when the uh, hiccup happens it's like um i don't really need you around anymore
1: yeah, yep. so I mean, what really shifted things for me is I mean my self-worth, which is absolute absolutely garbage. Like I was just really hard on myself. I blamed myself. It was always my fault, right? I wasn't good enough. I wasn't romantic enough. I wasn't something enough, right? And so I didn't love myself. I was like really hard on myself. and I then got a coach because I was just working on the business. I'm like, I can win in business. So I started working on the business. So despite your
0: relationship suffering, you were able to keep the business going well.
1: Yeah, but it felt like there was this weight dragging like behind me, like it was heavy right? The burden of too much money being pulled out of the business meant the business can't grow as fast, which meant it can't make more money faster. But then there was all this pressure from my wife at the time that was like, we need to get more money. We need to make more money. You need to like go faster on the treadmill, right? On the hamster wheel, move, move faster. We need more money. There's bills, there's stuff coming. And um, I'm like, okay, right. So so is it
0: that you weren't driven in your business from a purpose, you were driven from almost like a fear that you couldn't keep up with the spending machine. I mean, it was
1: kind of both, right? So I definitely had purpose and I definitely enjoyed the business. Business was an area I felt like I was actually sort of winning in. Like I felt like I was winning in business where I could okay. like making money. But, um, and I felt like I was losing in relationship, like always, right. and I was losing at home. I wasn't respected by her. I wasn't then because of how she treated me. I wasn't respected by the kids and it felt like home was, I was losing and I worked from home. Mm. So I just felt like I was massively failing in this one area and then really succeeding in business.
0: How was your fitness at the time?
1: Um, Early on it was, it was really bad. Like there was a point where I had this wake up call that I, was so focused on just high ho silvering. I call it like work, 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 work. And I wasn't really productive or effective. This was, you know, quite a while ago, but then I got to the point where I burnt out like physically. I, I think I had a bulging disc or slipped the disc or something in my back, but I was on a sales call and I was laying on the floor by the end of the call. And after the call, I was like, help, like I was in so much pain. And, um, I basically just worn my body out because I wasn't eating, I wasn't exercising, I wasn't sleeping, I was like, I have to work, I have to go faster, I have to work, I have to work. I was the hamster on the wheel. And um, that was tough. And so I think um, that was a wake-up call that I realized when I was laying on the floor, and I was on, I was on the floor for like two weeks. Like I couldn't even stand. I was in so much pain and I was, and I couldn't even go upstairs to go to my bedroom. So I was like sleeping on a mat downstairs on the floor and being taken care of. Like it was really ridiculous. And I went to a doctor and they're like, you have to have surgery because that's all doctors usually think that you can do. And I went to like a chiropractor and like, you probably need surgery. And and I was like, I'm not going to get fucking surgery. So, um, so, that that woke me up to the fact that there was this powerful connection between body and business. Yep. Like I had this, this wake up call, like these, these are connected. I cannot neglect my body and crush it in business. And it had to get to that extreme for me to realize this, but they're directly interconnected. And then I started to wake up and I'm like, you know, people that are crushing it in the fitness game, that are in like great shape. Like I'm, I was like in a mat, I eventually got in a mastermind in a mastermind. I'll, t- I'll talk about that in a second, but like they're usually doing pretty well in business too. Cause they have that discipline and they mm-hmm. have cognitive function that's more healthy. And like, I'm like, I, so I, so fast forward, I got a business coach, right? But this, he was not a normal business coach. This was Alex Sharfin and he's, I, I love him to death. And Alex Sharfin, is this coach that heavily focuses on the operational side of things, but he focuses very much on the entrepreneur lowering their pressure and noise. So he's getting me to do stuff like drink more water, hydrate, you need to hyperhydrate and like go like going for walks barefoot and like go walking and like, you know, sunlight. And he's very into biohacking. So and is I this some
0: spirituality that stuff. stuff that he's bringing to you by this walking with your in bare feet and, no, Things it was like more
1: just, getting along um, with
0: nature, it was more biohacking
1: and stimulating the nervous system because okay. we have so many nerves in our feet was kind of the idea. And it was wearing orange glasses at night to get better sleep and like, and I was already dabbling with a lot of this stuff because I'd always been very into health, but I just was consciously choosing to just work and neglecting right. all of it. So this really shifted attention back to myself and allowed me, he gave me permission to be a, a little bit selfish to start taking care of my health, putting on my own oxygen mask first. And he was like, he's like, Jason, you need like, you need focus, like, get a personal trainer. You need to focus on fitness. He's like, get, um, he, it was just so much self care. Right. So I then, uh, um, man, there's, there's, there's so much that I want No, to that's really okay because I want I, I want to get
0: into your relationship too so I just what I, I like that we're talking I, well, it's let great. me let me
1: share this like I really okay. want to give him credit because he really he really shifted my life I had gone through warrior already like with Garrett J white like I was like I have to work harder and I have to do all this and I started getting connected to you know more to this body being balanced business stuff and how it's all all these four areas integrate so I started getting into that but Alex Sharfin really helped deprogram me from this state of constantly being in this fight or flight. Like I have to go faster fight and go to war all the time. Mm -hmm. I could actually relax and let down the guard. So I was getting deep tissue once a week. I was going to an EMDR therapist because he's like, you need EMDR, EMDR therapy because you, you have trauma from just running a business. And he's like, every entrepreneur has PTSD from running a business. And he could tell because I, when I would talk about it, I went to one of his in-person events. And I felt like an ant in the room because these are multi-million dollar business owners sitting around a table. And I was like a nobody, but I was smart, right? And I was sharing my business idea and he's like, oh, that'll never work. And I said, no, this is what I'm doing right now. This isn't like a business idea. This is what I'm doing this idea. And he was like, and he asked me a couple more questions. He's like, you have a $20 million company and you don't even know it. Now I'm not at $20 million in revenue yet, but I'm a lot more than than i was then and i was like i started crying in front of the whole room i couldn't help it because nobody had seen greatness in me or believed in me for so long that just him seeing greatness in me it transformed me i just needed someone to believe in me and he could see something that i knew deep down inside was there but i couldn't even believe in myself at that point anymore because it had been so hard my partner didn't believe in me I didn't believe in myself and but he saw some greatness and i broke down crying and that changed me i started to invest in myself i started to get a trainer i took care of myself i like was getting healthy i was working out i was feeling good about myself and that creates in a relationship that creates a, a pain gap between you and your partner and either the relationship breaks or they come along so she started getting a trainer she started doing stuff but it was hard because she had, there was so much emotional disconnect between us and so much pain and all the things she used to escape, that was, it was too much. And so eventually, eventually got to the point where I was like, I, I can't see any reason for being in this relationship anymore. There's no benefit. And we had both worked on it and I tried to get her to go to therapy with me and all this stuff, but I was, I, was, I got to the point where I was like, I'm done. There's nothing left in this and I've tried everything I could think of and I'm growing at a fast trajectory and she's not moving forward. And when I finally got clear on Myers Briggs and uh, I mean, this is funny cause we had this nanny. And the nanny sort of broke up the relationship, but it was not because of what you think. It was because <laughs> she shared with me Myers Briggs. She was super into it. And then I was like, oh my gosh, like, type me. And she's like, well, you seem like you're more of an E and you're more of this. And so, and then I started researching what Ashley was, you know, my ex and what I was. And I was like, oh my gosh, we're like opposites. And then I could start, I could see, I had context to see why we were having such a hard time. And then I realized, it will always be challenging that way. It will always be that way. And so eventually I went to her and I was like, hey, we've tried this for like 15 years. Do you see any possibility in which it will dramatically be better in the future? And she was like, no. I'm like, I don't either. And so I'm done.
0: Wow. So yeah. so you made that that shift. So you started shifting and, and pouring more into yourself, sounds like, through personal development and trainers yeah. and whatnot. And then you ended this relationship did this bring more fulfillment into your life in the short term when this first happened or did it bring more pain Mm. I
1: mean I think sometimes doing the thing that looks like the wrong thing to everyone else but you know it's the right thing between you and God that's hard Mm. like everybody's like why don't you just stick it out like you, you know you're you guys are okay you know or whatever and um but i knew i knew i was done and i knew i knew because i knew her i knew her well right i knew her really well and i knew that she could not be i could not make her happy and she could not make me happy i knew this and i'm like you need a man that's like this and has these attributes and that's a maybe a feeler and like i knew at least based on the lens of myers-briggs which was what i had at the time i'm like you need somebody that's like this And that's what she's now with. And she's way happier. Nice. She's way happier. And I was trying to get her involved in the business and to be the operator and (laughs) stuff like this. And she came in and then she like, just, I can't do this and left and it was too much for her and she didn't want to do it. And it like decimated the business for a little while, like losing that. And it was just, it was hard. Well now she runs ops for a business. And she would have me do phone calls for her cause she was afraid to have conversations with people like to cancel services and stuff. She'd be like, you've made, she's like doing sales calls now. Like she's, when people are in a bad relationship situation, they can't be who they are. Right. She's so much better off. Like I'm s- like my whole goal for those 15 years was how can I fucking make this person happy? Which was impossible for me to do. And now and I could once I could see she would be happier in a different scenario I could see it it was super clear to me I'm like she needs this i because I knew her I'm like this would make her happier and I didn't even know how much happier but she's so much healthier in a different very
0: different sort of match than me right so this is this is great so Jason has his business his is in this re- disconnected relationship you start working on yourself and then you get out of the relationship and you now have an idea of what you want and you get into another relationship. Well, I had no clue what I wanted. Really. Oh,
1: okay. I had some, I think I had ideas, but I mean, I grew up Mormon and I left that religion. I'm more of a, a free thinker. I was grateful for that brain. But then I was like, this is the first time I had, cause I'd never had sex outside of marriage I had like you know like I didn't I didn't even try alcohol until I was over 30 so I was like now I'm like I have money I have a business I'm single I have no like Mormon restrictions right (laughs) and and you know I could drink I could do whatever right and I was like let's let's see what I can do right so so yeah. So it was just women and like dates and dating and the game of dating was now, it was like, I had gotten so disconnected and so kind of bored in the business that it was just kind of coasting. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was comfortable. And so I focused on dating for a while. And that was fun because of something new and I love new stuff and I love learning. So learning the game of dating, like everything, so much that applies to dating applies to relationships. Like there's, there's so much parallel, you know, like, like uh, dating well, sure. that applies to sales. I you mean, know, one like of the things business.
0: that we, for, we so I, I wanna get into what you you and Sarah have done with your relationship, mm-hmm. you know, and, and what you're doing to cultivate this number one relationship. So I yeah, look at, uh, when I define a number one relationship, this is one that I heard, this isn't my personal definition, but I like it, but a number one relationship Is one with sex and intimacy and you're with your best friend all three Mm -hmm. of those a number two relationship is which what most marriages end up entropying to is married to your best friend might be a sexless marriage the intimate conversations kind of slow down because you don't want to you know what you don't want to hurt their feelings so you start holding stuff back so you you lose that sexual, sex and intimacy. But as you start doing that, it, it can, entropy can, continues. And now all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're not just laying there next to your best friend, you're laying there next to your roommate. And then you know, finally you're I planning your escape. I think there's a level escape. better than all of that.
1: I feel like I have, right? And I think the level, like friend and sex, great. But for me, like, one of my greatest values is I need to be growing or I feel like I'm dying. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, I love sex, right? And I love having a friend. But Sarah also drives me to be a better man. And she becomes, she's becoming a better woman by us being together. Like, there's this, like, the level of growth that can happen when two people... Are committed to working on themselves, and they create that pressure for the other, their partner, to level up too. I haven't. I feel like I've had more growth, more quickly, in a shorter time period than I've ever had in my life. So let's and talk about how growth is like a are,
0: drug to me. Let's talk about how you're doing that and and what you're doing together to create this amazing relationship. Hmm. Because so, one of the things you said real quick was you said that um, something about how. It's something about dating and then marriage. See, many of us, we date and we we do things a certain way. And then once we're in a relationship, especially when we're married, we stop married, we stop dating, right? But ultimately, it's like if you – and you've got this growth piece in there, which is true. But if you want to have the relationship that you had in the beginning, don't stop what you are doing in the beginning. That's one piece. So I see that you guys were dating, but you also started this growth thing together which is awesome because that's another piece of your relationship you can continue to leverage with each other right so I think there's a few types
1: of relationships there's some where you're you get along so well that you're just super comfortable with each other like you could just be satisfied with this person and never do anything again and you know that's where you are just both so in alignment like you don't need anyone else um one of the woo-woo systems that i love to like look at is human design and you have nine energy centers in human design and they say if you have that match they call it nine and O, which means all nine centers are aligned and nowhere to go and so there's this flatness to this there's a lack of growth but it's so tempting and comfortable right and then there's um what is it uh uh, eight, eight and one have some fun so it's enough of a disconnect that there's like a little bit of um, you know there's a little bit of interestingness because there's a little bit of difference between you two and that creates a scenario where it's fun you have fun together and then there's um, seven and two work to do and that's growth and so a lot of people are trying to aim, they're like, I want the perfect match ever. But is that really what your soul wants or do you want more growth? So uh, like I want something to work on because for me as an entrepreneur, if I don't have something to work on, I might as well be dead. Right. There's no point anymore. So part of me, I want to be in a relationship in which there's work. But if it's you know a relationship that goes further than that, it's like six and three you know um or you know 5 and 4 you know it's 5 and 4 i think is there's no no relationship anymore or something like that it's like it always just feels like we're now roommates it gravitates towards that constantly that was what i had right with ashley right and um it just felt like it was gone it was really weird. It was like, we're roommates instantly. And then we'd work hard to connect and we'd connect and all oh, this is nice. And then we were roommates. Yep. So I think we, like you have, to, we want to find somebody that we have enough balance with that we're not, the relationship isn't so just lukewarm or placid that the relationship just cools to the point where there's nothing. And we also don't want it so hot to where it's crazy and war and dramatic, and we have to figure out where's that balance in a partner in a relationship in which there's enough stimulation that the relationship has passion and is interesting and doesn't die, but isn't too much to where we're like killing each
0: other. Right. So what do you guys do right now? I mean, you're newlyweds, so you don't have to work as as hard as you're going to have to work in 10 years necessarily. Maybe that's a limiting belief. If you're doing I the work like, now, you I probably like won't have to. I it was harder so. work in the beginning with us because
1: we're both A-type personalities. It okay. was harder in the beginning. In fact, it was like we like we would go to war. It was hard, and um, and we both had our issues and traumas, you know, from previous relationships and stuff like 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 everybody. And so I feel like it it's it's gotten it's gotten better and better and better, and. But I think it's because I just knew in my soul, like, this is somebody that m- inspires me to be better and to grow. And so it's, I've really been on this journey of learning about relationships and studying relationships. Um, and what I've, what I've realized is you know, I've, I think I've grown up in kind of the culture that a lot of men grow up in nowadays in which it's a little bit too feminine for men. Like it's kind of feminized, like be the nice guy and you know, don't be too manly or macho and that's toxic and you know, sort of this. And I grew up in a religious culture in which it was like, be nice and like, you know, this sort of thing. And just, you know, this kind of pleaser mentality. And Sarah grew up, in kind of a a situation or culture where she had to fight for what she had and work hard and, um, and you know, very much in her masculine constantly. And so this is one of the reasons I think we're so drawn to each other is that for her, her soul, I think is craving shifting more into the feminine and me it's shifting more into the masculine. Mm -hmm. But I feel like we're both very evolved people. Like we both, um, are intelligent and we both have focused on a lot of personal development and growth and so us by being together her pressure of her coming at me with this masculine energy causes me to need to and to feel that I need to be more in my masculine there's this just pressure like that and for me the the, you know and being caring and the things that I do causes and me shifting more in my masculine causes her to be able to feel safe and to relax and shift more into the feminine. And, um, and that's where all the juicy good stuff is. Yeah. Right. So give
0: me some so, examples of the work you guys are doing together to, to grow together and and embrace. Well, these. I think
1: we don't like consciously sit down and go like, Hey, what relationship stuff could we do together? Like, that's not even interesting, I think to her. So I think for me, it's me. I'm focused on relationship and I'm focused on learning that stuff. Cause that's interesting to me. Like she's reading every book ever written by Donald Trump and written, reading buffetology and she's, she's focused on that. But I think what, what's really happening is because we're both focused on growth and we're both working on growing the business together. And I brought her in and gave her ownership in the business. This gives us something to work on together and business gives us a vehicle in which to, have things to communicate about, to work towards together, and, um, and it brings up challenges, right? Like, hey, you know, in that meeting, you, like, disrespected me, or you made me feel this way, and then we can have conversations. So working together in the home, in the business together, forces us in some ways to confront things relationship-wise as well. And so I feel like business is one of the greatest personal development things you could ever do. Have The greatest, though, is probably marriage and kids. Yeah, have you
0: found, since you guys have been together, that um, your conversations in the home are um, a majority of which are around business?
1: I mean, there's a lot of challenges when two people come together because I have kids from previous marriage. So there's a lot of conversations like figuring out the kids stuff and there's a lot of conversations figuring out the house we bought together stuff and there's a lot of conversations especially about the business so you know that's that's part of life and partnership it's like working on all this together
0: right so what I what I a reason I asked that is I found out in my marriage because Amy was the controller in our business mm-hmm. and um, we would come home and over the years as the business grew and became more successful our conversations became more and more business focused. Mm. More and more just always talking about business to the point where we actually had to have a hard and fast rule. And I'm really right. proud that There's we, no relationship that, left. It's that, all business. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we had a hard and fast rule that we created, which uh, we stood by it. We never broke it, which was great. And it was basically in the bedroom, there's no business talk. And inevitably, somebody will bring something up and you won't realize that you're talking about it but as soon yeah. as one person talks begins talking about it and the other person realizes it, you can say the word business and you stop mid-sentence and you just don't talk about it anymore. Mm. And it took, us a, it took us a few weeks to, 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 to get into that habit, but then once it was, it was like your mind would automatically think, oh, I'm gonna start talking about this, and you go, nope, it's business, I'm in the bedroom. I mean, literally, I remember one time she wanted to talk about something, I said, do you wanna go out in the other room? Because we're not talking about it in here, <laughs> you know? Mm.
1: Yeah. I mean, we don't have like rules or boundaries like that because I think for me, we both love talking about business, but I think when either of us is done talking about business, we are respectful of the other person. And usually we kind of hit that point together. We're like, Hey, let's just, and so there's a little bit more partnership. I feel like for us that we're like even if we're not in our bedroom or we're on the couch, we're like, let's be done with work today. And she's like, yes, let's do that. And I think it's my role to like lead her into that, right? So I'm like, hey, like, do you have any more work stuff that you need to get done? And she's like, no. I'm like, cool, let's be done for the day and let's like do this. And so I'm leading her into a different experience. And I feel like that's the masculine role is like to to lead into that. So it, for us, it's not like let's set these hard fast rules because, you know, we wake up in the morning, we want to talk about business and we're getting ready in, in the bathroom and in our room. Right. Or we're sitting that we were in the hot tub last night and we were talking about business, you know, and if I feel like I want to connect and I don't want it to be about business, then it's up to me to communicate that. And then it's up to her to respect that or vice versa. And so we, we do that. Like she'll, she'll tell me, like, I, I don't want to talk about door grow anymore, you know, for tonight, or I'll be like, Hey, I need to be done. Cause my brain's just done for the day with business. She's like, cool. No problem. good Right? Yeah. So one of the things that I've been really studying in, in relationships is this uh, author and speaker named Alison Armstrong. Like she has the amazing stuff. And one of the concepts she talks about it in partnership in creating partnership, which you do in relationships is deal making. It's this amazing concept. It seems so obvious. It's so stupid, simple. But basically, you go to your partner, and it, she has a whole framework for this. But it, the simple version is you go to your partner and you say, the really simple version is just to say, hey, I want this, what would I need to do in order for you to want to give that to me? That's the very simple version. Like, I want a blowjob. What would I need to do in order for you to want to give that to me? (laughs) Right. And they're like, well, I would want this. And cool, you've made a deal, right? Now, the the more advanced version is you go to your partner and you let them just talk and you say, if you could have it all your way, like everything that happened in the home, everything in the business, everything that I did, and it was all your way, the way you would want it, what would that day look like? How would morning be? How would afternoon, what time would you want me home for dinner? You know, whatever, right? How would, what would, what, what would weekends look like if you had it all your way? Cause that clarity lets you know what they want. And most couples have never had that conversation. And they, it's hard sometimes for women to even be honest about that because they, a lot of times they get in that pleaser mode or sometimes guys well, were in that pleaser mode. It goes mode. both you ways. I want to be right. honest about it. Mm-hmm. So if we can get that person to feel safe enough to be really honest, no, like all your way, like how would you want it? And then we know, we have clarity on how we would want it all our way. Like if it was like, you know, I'm getting blowjobs three times a day and like whatever, whatever your fantasy is, right? (sighs) But when we're clear on that and we share it with our partner and then we know, like we can say, this is how I would want it. Then we know, and then you can create deals. So you can say, cool. The other framework she has as part of this is you map out like, what in a relationship, and this is the ultimate dating profile. So, if you're gonna start dating, this is how she says to make the ultimate dating profile. You map out everything that you want to give in a relationship to your partner. These are I want to give. I want to give oral sex. I want to give, you know, holding hands. I want to give date nights, whatever it is you want, you want to do. And then you make a list of that. And then you make a list what you are willing to give. Well, if I'm getting everything that I want, I'm also willing to do these things that normally I wouldn't want. Like I'm willing to, you know, take out the trash and I'm willing to, you know, pick up my socks and, you know, whatever, right? These I'm willing to do. This is what I'm willing to offer. And then then what am I not willing to do? Like my deal breakers. And that's like, she says, that's the ultimate dating profile. You just put that out there. Like if a woman created a profile and she's like, i want to get blowjobs because i think that's fun and i want to do this and this and i'm willing to like make dinner for you or do this or whatever because she's maybe she doesn't want to do that maybe some women do but she's being totally upfront and these are the things that i don't want i like i'm not going to do this i won't do that i won't do whatever right um and these are my deal breakers and then Guys would look at that and we'd be like, oh my gosh, this is like the woman for me or no, that's not a fit, right? Same thing for us. We would attract the right people. So I think in the relationship, there's also that conversation like, you know, that we have with our partner to say, hey, I'm, I want to do these things. These are things I want to do for you. I don't know if you want them, but these are things that I want to do for you because if I get to do those things for you, I feel better. I, lo- I feel like I love you. Like I had to tell Sarah that I want to buy dinner and I want because she was in their masculine I want to do things for you I want to carry things for you because that makes me feel like a hero and she didn't know she was always just like she was like doing it all herself so now she allows me to do those things for her because she knows it means something and I feel something more for her and she's like I'm happy to do that and she likes how that feels right right? And so there's that conversation, like, I want to do these things. I'm willing to take out the trash. I'm willing to do these things. And these are things that I don't want. I want, I don't want to be treated with disrespect, or I don't want the you to call me names or whatever it is, right? And so when you have that, that clarity yourself, you can steer the relationship. But a lot of times we had never even sat down and figured out, like, what do we really want to provide to our partner and what are we willing to and what what's off the table and and me getting clarity on for sarah like what is she what is she willing to like true story i went to sarah and i said what would i need to do in order to get you to want to give me a blowjob because i was thinking it was a want category or it was like a willing category for her right she's like she's like she's like nothing i would love to do that for you So like, and so this morning I was talking with her and I was being humorous and I was like, I was like, if I'm really craving a blowjob, like if I'm really wanting, is this too much for your show? No, go for it, man. Okay. All right. we're good. All right. If I'm really wanting a blowjob, like I'm really craving it. Like, I'm like, man, this would be so great. What would I need to do in order to get you to want to do that for me? And this was this morning. She said, she said, um, just tell me right she's like just tell me because I don't know that you want it and I'm not just going to think of doing it but I would I would love to do it for you and then she said she knows this deal making so she's like she's like the first thing is just tell me but and I would just really love a massage I'm like really so if I'm willing to give you a massage you're willing to give me blowjobs? she's like yeah I said, I'll make that deal, that trade, any day of the week. And she laughs, she's like, so would I.
0: (laughs) Right? Do you feel like like this becomes, becomes kind of like horse trading though?
1: Well, I mean, that's what relationship partnership is. It's like, this is being honest. Like this is what I want and this is what I'm willing to do for you. And this is what I want. And that's partnership. Like we're agreeing to do things for each other, but the cool principle of deal making, I think so powerful because there's things they want to get from us, our partner, and there's things we want to get from them. And we can very simply make a trade. We can make a deal.
0: Just make the request. That's partnership making a request, right? Yeah,
1: we have to first have clarity on what we really want, be honest with ourselves, and then, yeah, we need to state it, but then we need to create a scenario where it's not like we're being needy and creepy and pushy. It's like, hey, I'm willing to do things for you. These are things I want. What do you want? Cool, let's make a deal. And that's partnership. That's a relationship. Partnership and a relationship doesn't exist if you're trying to manipulate them to do it, push them to do it complaining that they're not doing it that's not partnership right that's taking that's manipulation that's not that's not that's not marriage that's not a relationship and we've all been in that situation we're like how do i manipulate my woman to like get to like have sex with me and what do i need to do do i need to take her on a date to, like where we shift and we shift into that energy of trying to take
0: mm mm-hmm. mhm so now you're in this this relationship that's on fire and you're energized by it and you're you're more physically fit than you were. You've made a yeah. shift in your religious um, world, which is now feels like you're more spiritual and connected to the divine than you were when you're mm-hmm. part of a church, maybe. It's kind of just listening to you. Yeah. At least you have a different understanding of, of what God is to you rather than what some book told you God was. Um, so yeah. how does all of these things... Um, How are they aligning to um, show up inside of your business?
1: Mm. Well, I mean, first of all, if you're in a coaching business, all of this stuff relates because people have problems and people are people. So if I can figure out my own shit and I can figure out relationship and I can figure out things in my business, then it translates, right? So, And that's why I love getting to do what I get to do. I get to learn from the best. My business allows me to feed my addiction of learning from the best mentors and the best coaches and spending a lot of money on programs and I can buy all the books and like whatever. And it allows me then, I I then get to share what I learn, which is like that for me, that's my purpose in life. Like my why statement is to inspire others to love true principles. I love just learning what works in reality and sharing it with other people. That's just fun for me. I would do it for free for fun. That's what I'm doing right now. Like, this is fun for me. I'm like, and like, I'm talking with you and I'm like, I have all these cool ideas that I've learned like from Alison Armstrong or whatever. I want to share them. And that's like, that's like my purpose. Like, I feel like I'm alive when I get to do that. So creating a business that allows me the space to do what I love to do is like a dream come true. It's like the best thing ever. Right. Like, why would I sell that business? Why would I give it up? Then I give up my purpose,
0: Right. What if uh, you're speaking to somebody out here right now that um, is in a relationship that they don't want to punt on, um, mm. but it's not on fire? What kind of uh, you know just advice or pointers would you? What what could you do to point the compass to north so they can make a few steps in the right direction uh, to getting that relationship uh, back to where they want to get it to go, if it's possible for them? Not everyone is savable, but mm. that. But many are. Um, man, I mean, there's
1: there's like a lot. I think there's a lot. There's a lot of books I could point people to. There's coaches and people I could point people to. I mean, the other thing is like Sarah and I both worked with our mutual friend, Roya, who just really helped us unpack some emotional baggage that was keeping us disconnected. I mean, you were a witness to a session, and that that, that was really powerful, like I didn't realize that there was some things blocking and she didn't either. And so we have this emotional stuff. And so really, I think one of the most powerful things you can do is focus on yourself and like heal shit. And I think the basic beginning step is like focus on your fitness because your body's the vehicle for everything. Like start working on getting in shape. That makes you more attractive. It makes you feel more in control as a man. It makes you feel more dominant. Same thing for women, Get, get in shape. It creates more interest and desire. Like when we're taking care of our vehicle, we are saying we matter to ourselves. That's love to ourselves. And we can't expect someone else to love us more than we're willing to love ourselves. If we're not willing to like wake up in the morning and put some love into our life and take care of ourselves. We can't
0: expect anyone else to do it. Right. I, the thing I love about it too is it, it, um, you get to win every day that you work out. You may right. not have said a PR in this thing. It may be the first time you walked and you could only walk, you know, six blocks or whatever. Great. Tomorrow can you do yeah. six and a half or seven or can you do it, can you do it one second faster? So there's always a competition and you're only competing against yourself and your effort can still be the win.
1: Yeah, it's that you had the courage, which courage is going against your emotions. You had the courage and the fortitude to go against your emotions that would say like, oh, just be comfortable or be lazy or just don't do that. You, and that's power and that's what builds self-worth and self-esteem
0: yeah yeah and then we get inside of that inside of the relationship piece and that's when the same thing i mean you can look at it your body starts getting soft so it probably is your relationship in many areas maybe not yep. but a lot of times i see that
1: if we talk about this in terms of math there was a study done and there was a, it was shown on netflix on some special i watched once, but it was really interesting what they did is they took 10 men and 10 women they assigned a number on like a paper a post-it note or something slapped it on their back and everybody had a number from one to ten they couldn't look at their own number they couldn't ask what their number was he had 10 men 10 women heterosexual and they went around and they said go match with look at the person's back and try and match with the highest partner so every guy's going and looking and they're trying to match with the 10 and the 10 gal is going around looking and she's trying to find the 10 and what they found and everybody's trying to match with somebody they don't know what their number is By the end of the experiment, once everybody's matched up because people picked a partner and it's picked and whatever, everybody was within like one or two numbers of each other. And that's kind of how attractiveness tends to work. Now, there's different things that make men attractive and different things that make women attractive. Right. You know, a lot of times for women, it's uh, you know, it could be money, it could be power, it could be perception, whatever. you know, there's ways we can make ourselves more attractive as a man. And then, you know, women, it could be physical and whatever, right? And everybody has different yardsticks for that, but there is a universal level of attraction and beauty and and something like that, I think, for men and women, right? But regardless, everybody tends to match with somebody that's somewhat similar to them in attractiveness. And so if we want to match with an attractive partner, and I'm not, I don't mean just visually, but like, they're some badass in business. Maybe that's what we're into, or maybe they're, um, really amazing at, uh, wanting to grow or whatever it is. Like we have to be that 10, so to speak, if we want to match with that other person Mm -hmm. and we can put, everybody can invest in themselves and move the needle on their sexual attractiveness or emotional attractiveness score, so to speak. Um, if they're investing in themselves, they can move the needle up significantly. Women can like, dramatically improve that like through makeup and like clothes and all kinds of stuff right and they can drop that really dramatically if they throw all that in the garbage like they could and guys we can work on ourselves to level up as well and what you've i've seen a lot of times i've seen a lot of couples you've probably seen this too where one of the partners just starts focusing on themselves finally they start investing in themselves they start working out whatever and it creates this pressure and then the relationship falls apart Like they get divorced i've seen women like i'm gonna get in shape and they were overweight and now they're fit and they're sexy and they're getting tons of attention and they're like why am i with this loser that won't take care of himself anymore and i've seen the reverse right where it's a it's a guy and because it creates pressure or what happens i was coaching a client once and he was working on his fitness getting in shape all this And then his wife started sabotaging it. She's like, oh, I made you brownies and I made you some cookies. And (laughs) because unconsciously, like they want that safety and certainty in the relationship and they're feeling this gap increase, right? And so I noticed this too, like in my previous relationship, there's, there's some sabotaging that starts to come into play. And so you have to not fall prey to that and it will bring force pressure wise. They will either join you or it might break apart but you have to love yourself enough to be willing to allow that gap to occur which is painful it's uncomfortable to feel that pressure and that disconnect from your partner you said but it also earlier. is what motivates you to be better like sarah's like taking care of herself she works out she's like doing stuff and, and um uh you know and that motivates me to stay on point but i'm also working out and taking care of myself and that motivates her to go to her classes and to do her fitness stuff and whatever, right? So it creates that positive peer pressure. So it can be a motivator instead of it being something that's creating a bigger gap in the relationship. And so you have to be willing to hold space even when it feels uncomfortable and there's sabotage and there's disconnect. And if that partner is the right partner for you, they will rise to the occasion. A lot of guys are like, how do I get my wife to get in shape? Get in shape. Like take care of yourself, do it long enough and it'll eventually, they will either like, it'll create too much of a pain gap or they'll just not do it and, you know, or they'll do it and just, and you got to be honest,
0: you got to be honest. So, um, I think when I look back early on in my, my career as a business owner, I didn't, I didn't have, I didn't focus on all these other areas of life. I didn't know. Mm. So it was just business, business, business. I was just focused on that. As long right. as I'm generating the money, I'm doing a good job as the provider, that, that's a good good thing. Well, I got soft. I had no conde- connection with the vine, the divine, you know. And that's
1: the most important.
0: Yeah. And, really. Yeah. And so after I realized, ah, oh, there's different areas, that the beauty of it is, here's here's the truth, Jason. in it when you look at these four areas of your life, body being, mm-hmm. balance and business, right? At any given time, it's it's likely that one of those areas is not going to be optimal.
1: Oh sure, I mean,
0: and and then something we're rating
1: them on a scale of like one to five. They will never all be a five at the same time,
0: right? And so it's probably impossible. Yeah, and so because as soon as something hits a five, what do we do? We hit a new standard. That yeah, five becomes the standard. Now our scale shouldn't be one to five anymore. It's five to ten,
1: right? Yeah. And if we shift some focus on one thing, we're probably not focusing on another. And so it's a juggle.
0: Right. Um, and, and what I look at is, so I actually set targets in each one of those areas because Mm. then I'm pulled forward. And when something is not working in another area of my life, I've got legs under my table that support my life. Mm. Not just, you know, Hey, um, you know, we're in a tough economy. I got a lot of friends and clients that are in the mortgage space. Not doing so hot these last eight, nine months, right? Right. A lot yeah. of mortgage companies have gone down. A lot of people have lost their jobs. If that's all you were in business, is that's all you had supporting your life as business, right now you'd be a hot mess. But if you had mm-hmm. other areas, if you had this a relationship that's on fire, you know, you're showing up and you're connected with God and you're in great shape. Hey, this one area is causing me pain, but I'm going good in these other areas and I can still find a win. And I think it's important for all yeah. of us to just every day let's, let's have a win. Let's, let's, and then you can say, I'm on a winning streak. You know, it can be so so small to get back on a winning streak. I think it's really
1: important to just be really honest with ourselves with what we want, right? Because, and, and why it matters, because if I'm clear, like, if I'm like, I want to be learning and growing spiritually so i'm going to read books and i'm going to invest and i'm going to meditate and i'm going to allow myself to feel through things that i've been avoiding because i want to grow right or i want to improve in my relationship skills or i want to learn more about the masculine and the feminine right we we have like if we don't have desire and we don't get clear on what we want in those four areas then we're not going to progress and so i'm not i you know I've done the rigid thing and I'm not at a point where I'm rigid but I'm naturally it's fun for me now to focus on all these areas like I want all of these things and I just kind of I think I've I'm, I trust myself more and I feel myself more and I just feel I feel like my soul is like hey you need to go work out or you need to like have some time alone and read you need to reconnect and meditate and feel through this feeling that's uncomfortable like you know so like, I feel like our nervous system is the antenna to let us know what is not right and what we need right now. And we need to learn to start to listen to that.
0: Absolutely. I just if had a great interview last week with Debs Battersby. She's one of Tony Robbins' top coaches and on his educational mm. forum and all that. And she was a coach of mine back in the years and, and what, years ago, and she was just amazing. And one of the things she does that's transformational is checking in on the emotions in your body. You know, mm, where, yeah. where are we going to find it? It's like, um, when I get stressed out about business, I, we call it anxiety, right? Not fear. We call it anxiety as business owners. I can feel it right. from my throat down into my chest. And so she would yeah. simply say, if we're having a conversation where if anywhere in your body is the emo- inside or outside your body is the emotion called anxiety. And then I can Mm. check in with it. So it's right here. And then she asks questions like, well, why anxiety? Why are you here? So she gets you into this kind of meditative state Mm. and you start talking to that emotion and you find out that these, oftentimes we, we associate emotions as being negative, right? They're not negative. They're informational. They're informational. They're there to, when you're feeling anxious, something, it's just trying to protect you from something that you're not saying, Hey, look at here. Um, and unfortunately, when we feel these negative emotions too many times, we go have a drink, we go get high, we go watch TV, we sedate with whatever form of sedation we have to avoid these negative feelings, to deny mm-hmm. that they're there, and and that's just the opposite of the truth. is just is denial, right? And so, I go
1: forward. Yeah, I think um, I think emotions are. Even the negative emotions, I think they're all actually beautiful. Could you imagine life where you couldn't fully feel all those emotions? Like, life would be really boring if we were just happy all the time. And the I think the beauty of life is when we're allowing and we're able to feel everything, all the emotions. Life without sorrow wouldn't be as sweet. We need, like, life is... And that's part of the fun of life i know it sounds weird but we need to feel sorrow and we need to feel joy and we need to feel shame and we need to feel guilt because this makes life interesting the problem is when we're not willing to feel things we're like this i don't want to feel so i'm not gonna i'm gonna try not feel it and that's where we create ourselves as being stuck in perpetually feeling it forever and that's where it becomes too much where we can't even live with ourselves anymore because we're unwilling to feel it. So if I'm willing to feel through the shame, you can't feel there's, here's the thing. I'm a thinker and I think what we do as thinkers instead if we're not feelers is we think that we can logic a feeling. So if I feel something that I'm like, this feels uncomfortable, the shame or this guilt or this pain, I'm gonna figure out how to never have to feel it again. And that's a logical solution to an emotional problem which is impossible, right. right? You cannot logically, you cannot logic a feeling. There's only one thing you can do with a feeling and that's to actually feel it. And it's the one thing we don't want to do because we decided it's uncomfortable, <clears throat> but really there's a beauty in allowing ourselves to fully feel it and to feel it. And you cannot feel a feeling forever. You just can't. You can sit there and just wallow in that sorrow and you can, but if you fully allow yourself to feel that feeling and what it brings up for you and to really just go, deeply go into it, eventually your nervous system's just not going to feel it anymore. It, it releases and then other feelings can come into play. And so for me, it's really becoming conscious that here's something that my soul like, you need to feel this. There's shame or there's guilt or whatever. And to recognize that we are not our feelings Because when we identify that I am sad and we say it's our, we are the feeling, that's not true, right? Just like I am, this thought is not true either. We're not our thoughts, we're not our feelings, and we're also not our body. These are like three children that we are supposed to be in control of and take care of, but we let them drive the bus a lot Mm -hmm. of times. If the feeling person is driving the bus, our life is chaos. If the logic person's driving the bus, everything is scary all the time because the brain's job is to scare the fuck out of us and to protect us. Oh, don't do that. You can't do that. So then we're like a prisoner. We don't want mental person, logic person driving the bus. We don't want emotional person driving the bus and we don't want body person driving the bus body is like, everything's related to your tongue and your genitals. It's like, I want this food and I want this person and like, whatever we have to recognize that these are things, vehicles we get to experience things through. And so when when we allow ourselves to observe these and recognize I'm experiencing sadness, I'm not the sadness, but there's sadness there and we can observe it, and we can allow ourselves to fully feel it, and what is this, without judging it, then we can move past it. And really, it's like that emotional child in us is like, I am angry, or I am sad, and I want to pay attention. you to pay attention to me, and we keep going, no, you're ugly and uncomfortable. Like, leave me alone. And it keeps coming back, because we won't allow it to express. And so we just got to make sure, I think when people are like, like get suicidal and super depressed and they can't live with themselves anymore it's because themselves is not even them they've identified with their feelings and their thoughts and their physicality or their body and decided this is me and they're letting them drive the bus and their life feels horrible and they're like i don't like this person that i have become but that's not even them right
0: right does that make sense yeah absolutely so uh, we just we just crossed over the hour mark and I just want to get back to this one last thing if we could just yeah just aligning where you are now with your relationship because relationship mm. to me it feels like it's the number one most important thing in your life is this relationship you've cultivated with Sarah and so what do you yeah. do um, proactively and on a daily basis and then do you do planning for for you know, weeks or months on out as to what you're going to do to continue keeping this relationship strong? Yeah. So,
1: I mean, the thing to realize is the closest relationships you have, because that's really what life, the biggest challenge in life period is relationships. It's interpersonal relationships. If it was just you, there was no one else that existed. You'd do whatever you wanted and there'd be maybe no discomfort. I don't know. But All the problems in life are related to relationships, period. And the most, the closest relationship to you is going to have the most problems and the most challenges. And that's normal because that is the one that is going to cause you to grow and to change and to have to adapt and you're two different people and you can't control them, right? They're their own person. And so that, I I mean, there's no greater personal development program you could go through in life than marriage and kids because kids you're responsible for forever there's a commitment level there forever more than maybe even
0: relationship right you're always dad right Well, think about it from the male male uh, differentiated mind we're logical (laughs) right and now you've got all these emotional beings in your house. Kids, they're emotional. They're not logical, yeah. especially till, you know, after they're 10, 12 years old. Their logic's not part of their their daily thing. And then the the feminine energy, the true feminine energy, she's a storm and she's she's not logical. She's emotional in her being at her core if she's truly feminine, mm-hmm. right? And so here we are trying to be logical with all these emotional beings. So we're driving the bus in a completely different direction than everybody else is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I
1: think I think it's also that really, a masculine man and a feminine woman. As men, we are weaker in emotion. It's not we're not energetically as strong. A, and a very powerful emotional woman can overpower a very physically strong or mentally strong man with emotion, right? It's like the story of Samson and Delilah, right? She got him to like weaken his power and whatever, you know, she used her physicality and and whatever. She used emotion. But I think women, um, because we're weaker, when we actually take on emotion, they make fucking movies about us because that's us being courageous and being brave. When women do courageous and brave things, it's like not as cool of a movie, right? Because they're already so much more powerful than us in that area, right? So what they make w- movies about women that are like being scientists and doing like mental stuff because men generally in the mental category are more dominant, but then women are superior to us in the intuition, which is the higher than the mental faculty mm-hmm. in that body. And so I think, um, going back to the original thing that you were talking about, I feel like with with Sarah, um, we have very aggressive planning in the business. Like I'm very operationally minded. So is she, and we, we have annual goals, quarterly goals. And for her being power and achievement is her basic need, like, and money and all that is like what she loves to focus on. Then that feeds the relationship from her standpoint, like that's, that's enough for her. And then for me, I want love and connection. That's my basic need. So for me, i'm the man i get to be in control of that anyway like i'm like hey i plan this date night hey i plan this thing hey i really would like to do a vacation with you okay let's figure this out right and she wants she wants these things too and so this allows the vehicle of the business allows us to travel it allows us to learn it allows us to go to conferences it allows us to do cool stuff together so so yeah so that's that's how we kind of do that like and we're always planning and scheming new ideas we have aggressive goals we have to-do lists we've got stuff to work on yeah and she makes sure I get stuff done she's the operator she's like you need to get your commitments done for the week yeah yeah
0: well excellent Jason thank you so much for taking time Um, I'm, I'm excited to watch you you guys grow as a couple and I'm also In getting to spend some time with you a few weeks ago, I think that I see a team that's very aligned and ready to take door grow. This is no BS to the next level because you are so aligned inside of the business world. And it sounds like you're aligned inside of your relationship as well. So congratulations on that, man. And just know that I'm always here for you business-wise, relationship-wise, whatever you need. You know, I'm here for you as well, man. Appreciate you. Yeah, likewise. Appreciate you. All right hey game business family if you enjoyed or received value out of this episode please share it send it to a friend see we don't pay for advertising on this podcast that are strictly word of mouth and i would love the help to add value to as many business people as i can thanks a lot